Hello and welcome to Tim and Joel Call It In The Ring. This week we have great, great, great expectations. What are you expecting this week, Joel? Are you expecting big things, little things, exciting things, entertaining things? I mean, I'm expecting all the things now that you've brought me everything on a silver platter. Mmm. And if you want to be brought on a silver platter, wait, sorry, no, we don't, we don't have ads yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet. One day, one day we hope to one day have ads. That's right. All right, are we going to get into this thing? Yeah, we got a big week. There's a lot to talk about. Let's jump into it. It's been a busy day, even. Yeah, man. I mean, I got to uh, four o'clock and I sent out a tweet being like, no one else is allowed to send (laughs) out any more news. I'm done. That's it. Roundup is, is, is available. And the next thing you know, I had more news. Yeah. And the world promptly disregarded your uh, attempt at ordering it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just it doesn't work that way, I guess. It does not. Nope. But last night we found out on AEW Dynamite, thanks to John Moxley's very <laughs> one comment that <laughs> Renee Paquette, also known as Re- Renee Young, is pregnant. Yeah. Congratulations to the two. During Moxley's little segment, he was backstage talking about who the good guys are and telling a story about his dad. He says something about having a pregnant wife at home, and all of a sudden, Twitter erupts, being like, wait, what? Did did Mox just say that his wife is pregnant? Uh, And yes, Renee took to Instagram, and she posted a photo of her and John, and then an emoji of a mom, a dad, and a child, uh, to which point Bailey, of all people, said something, uh, congratulations, is this a better way to find out than how I found out? Because it turns out that (laughs) Bailey found out by Renee Young sending a text that was meant for John as a pregnancy update to Bailey. <laughs> That's a little bit weird. Like the names aren't particular. What what is Bailey's name saved as in her phone? Right? I'm thinking about like I I mean this has been living rent-free in my brain all day. Her name is Pam. His name is John. His his ring name was Dean. Her ring name is Bailey. There's nothing. <laughs> no, I can't. No crossover. N- nothing works. Oh, <laughs> so, you know what it must be? You know what it must be? Like, sometimes, like, because I talk to my wife, like, more than anyone, like, sometimes I'll have forgotten that I spoke to someone else in, in an intervening way. And the last person that I text, they just assume is my wife. So I'll mm. just go to that top one. So maybe the last person she texted was Bailey. And then just, you know, because she talks to John so much, just went back and there you go. There we go. Pregnancy that is brain. so funny. <laughs> Pregnancy. <laughs> pregnant is she? Okay. <laughs> I don't think she's that far along, but good to close it. They're, they're far enough along that they can announce it. It's wonderful news. I'm really happy to be able to share that. And I'm sure the rest of the wrestling world has been able to do it as well. Uh, congrats to them. Did you know that now all three members of the Shield are new fathers or expected new fathers in 2020? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Ah, that's Roman's, awesome. Roman's wife had uh, twins this past spring. Seth's wife, Becky Lynch, of course, is due in uh, in around December. By the way, did you see those maternity photos? Uh, yeah, I was brought up yesterday, so I looked them up. I wouldn't. I don't think I would have seen them if someone hadn't mentioned them. Because not really a beautiful. thing on my radar. Random person <laughs> I don't know's maternity photos, but yeah. Uh, beautiful photos, though. I mean, they, they both look great. Becky looks healthy, happy. And I think my favorite part was uh, people were kind of talking about how Seth Rollins uh, isn't the best dresser on his own. So there was no. someone obviously helping them out and and uh, and dressing them. Seth, it, it, there's one photo where he's wearing he's in the background. You can't really see it, but he's wearing a jacket that's kind of black and white splotches. That jacket was actually also used for a shoot that Miz and Maurice did. I'm 99% sure because they use the same uh, the same designer, the same uh, uh, fashion. Uh, he's, yeah. he's not a designer, but he's, he's uh, a yeah. dresser. What? He I can't remember. People. Yeah. I know <laughs> I'm One of these people who dresses other people. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole profession. <laughs> yeah. So you got that. So so obviously Seth and Becky. And uh, and now we have uh, we have John and Renee. Cool. So congratulations. That's good. They're all at that age, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's having kids. Everyone's in quarantine. Well, they're not, but everyone else is in quarantine. So it's all it's all about having kids now. Sure. <laughs> well, you know who's not having kids, but will probably charge you for one of them? It's The Undertaker. Because The Undertaker, <laughs> for a limited time, I know that was a horrible segue. What? Yeah. Wait, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You're, you're proposing that The Undertaker, Undertaker is like some kind of Rumpelstiltskin bitch. Like, <laughs> 
my feeling is uh, the Undertaker will take your kid for a thousand dollars and he'll come to you on cameo. Oh, That's what oh okay. I see. I see the lot. Yeah, I saw some people talking about how expensive that was, and I was like, "Is it like if I were the Undertaker? I know it's more expensive than most people, but like this is a guy who spent thirty years in this one gimmick, doing this career. Like if I were him, I sure as hell would not want to come back to it like for anything less than a thousand bucks." Do the like eyes, oh, back of the head crap. Like, ugh, I'd be so sick of that after 30 years that, yeah, you'd have to pay me at least a thousand bucks even to do a short video. So, and he's um, only doing, he's only doing 30 of them. So he, so so. he just needs a new pool liner or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and also, you know what? Here's the, this is the big news that came out of it if you're reading between the lines. This deal with Cameo for The Undertaker was facilitated by WWE. Oh, of course it was. Of course. Yeah. They so they're taking a cut. Their website. They're absolutely taking a cut. Uh, They posted it. WWE.com reported that this was going on earlier today. Uh, And we know that WWE is starting to move talent in-house, like a kind of an in-house talent agency. I think this is the pilot program for that because they're going to take a well-known star who is having like this big retirement style moment. They'll put him on cameo for a limited time. They'll pay him his cut. And then he'll go to the back and go to the locker room and tell everyone because everyone respects Taker. Yeah. say. Everything's fine. Everyone gets paid. This is great. Look at me. I made $15,000 doing 30 cameos. How do you guys complain about it? And the the locker room will hopefully be smart enough to say, well, it's not like that for us. Yeah, exactly. And you know how crummy this just sounds like an MLM, right? There's this, (laughs) this dangled prospect right for the for the few and far between who get everything that they ever dreamed of. Meanwhile, the reality for most people is that it's, it's a bum deal and you're getting shafted. Well, he wasn't shafted earlier when The Undertaker appeared on Hot Ones. Did you have a chance to watch a Hot Ones? I did not. I am a big Hot Ones fan. Participated in my own Hot Ones challenge. Made it through. Made it through, as everyone does nowadays. Uh, was it Was it everything you thought it would be? Was it hard? No. No, it wasn't. So it is totally fine and normal up until the bomb, at which point <laughs> that tastes like gasoline and isn't human food. Uh, and then the last two are better sauces, but like, you're still suffering. So it's just, it's, it's like salt in the wound for those last two sauces. Um, but no wonder I'm not surprised that everybody gets through it except for like DJ Khaled who skipped out at two because he's (laughs) DJ Khaled. But you know, you know who else showed up and did hot ones and like killed it was Sasha Banks. What? I did not know that. Actually, she's also that's the reason she got the Mandalorian gig. It wasn't because of what she did on WWE programming. What? It was because she was booked to do Hot Ones and Hot Ones has a far more long reach or further reach than WWE. And so she got picked up for that. By the way, you know who booked Sasha Banks for Hot Ones? Her husband. Oh, <laughs> my case. God. Yeah. OK, well, <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Wonderful. Uh, some Undertaker did it. He was fine. He took on the wings of death and yada, yada, yada. He got through all 10, I assume, because everybody does. Pretty much. And he did the whole like, no, that one's really, that one's really hot. I don't know if I can do this. Ha ha ha. They gotta, they gotta make that harder. I lost interest. (laughs) Like, I loved that show for a while, but you know. Oh, well, you know who may have lost interest in wrestling? According to Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, WWE posted a tweet. Let me go through this first. I, know, yeah, I, know, yeah, I, I, go, I can hear go. you. I feel you. Uh, mm. WWE posted a tweet uh, yesterday remembering the match that both women had at the Survivor Series in 2018. That was the match where uh, Becky was supposed to face Ronda Rousey and then Becky's nose was like knocked out of place by Nia Jax. There was the whole bleeding Becky's nose thing. Huge. It was Becky's biggest moment. Uh, and as a result, she chose Charlotte to take on Ronda Rousey one-on-one, so they had the match. Uh, to the tweet that WWE sent out, Charlotte quote tweeted it and said, the night Rhonda stopped wanting to be a wrestler, in my opinion. Whew. Tim, that's unexpected. <sighs> I don't know. Like, didn't she trash talk WWE after her departure at first? Probably. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I remember that very clearly that it wasn't a thing that like, I remember pe- people being outraged and like them saying like, oh, where's the respect? There's no respect. And like, I just I, don't, I never I don't know. I never got into her. 
honestly, like her being in WWE, her debut, I was excited for. And then I saw what she was doing in the ring and I didn't enjoy any of it. I really didn't like. Here's the reality, though. She brought eyes to the product. Yep. She legitimized the women's division, whether you like to hear it or not. She, she did. did that. She did. I she legitimized she it because that. she came from MMA. She was known as someone who was a real, a real wrestler, a real fighter. I think that happened before, though. There were tons of talented women wrestlers. Like the women's revolution was happening before her de- debut. No. Yes, but they yeah. didn't break through without. They didn't break through in the mainstream. The women did. And yeah, and I can see them. taking an MMA star would convince the boorish of boor, boorish men, maybe, because she was able to do that. And that she absolutely did that in MMA, like without question. Like she gave me a whole level of respect in, in MMA for women. And it was a shame when she lost and couldn't, you know, pull herself back up. But Yeah. So since losing to WrestleMania 35, obviously we haven't seen Ronda Rousey. But well, she doesn't like, like said, losing. <laughs> oh, she doesn't. But also with Charlotte doing that random call out to Rhonda. I mean, Rhonda's been training lately. She's been in the ring and she's also been training in the ring with her husband, Travis Brown. Now, Charlotte, for those who don't know, has a partner of her own. Not nearly as well known as maybe Rousey and Brown, but could you imagine if this is building to a mixed tag match between Rhonda Rousey and Travis Brown and Charlotte and Andrade? Yeah, that would be good. I I would take back all of my whining and see how she's improved since she's left. And it's the perfect way to bring in Travis, who's not a wrestler, and put three capable wrestlers with in-ring experience on TV in one match. Yeah. Make it all worthwhile. Maybe it's a money match. Maybe it's not. Travis Brown's kind of a trash human being at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know much about Rhonda's personal life. I don't get good vibes from her when I do see her speak, but I'll put it like this. Ronda Rousey, Sa- Sandy Truth, sorry, Sandy Hook happened. Yeah, yeah. what are you? That's all I'm going to say, because oh if you ask God. Ronda Rousey, she might tell you otherwise. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what happens when you get punched in the face for a living. You're not always the brightest. Sounds about right. All right, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what happened last Friday after we'd already done our show, after we had moved on, after the week was over for us. Zelina Vega got released from WWE. This is disappointing. All right, let's do this. It's disappointing as hell. Let's go to Fightful. Last Friday evening, Zelina Vega was released by WWE for what was later described as, quote, breach of contract. Moments before her release was made official, Vega tweeted that she supported unionization. Vega had been outspoken regarding third-party platform use as she had recently been very active on Twitch and had recently also opened an OnlyFans account to show off her various cosplay outfits. Now we know this. She went on stream later on that Friday night and had to say that she opened up her OnlyFans specifically to do cosplay because she didn't want to flood her Instagram with it and she has a passion for it. Yep. All right, so after that all goes down, SAG after President Gabrielle Catteris, Carteris, Castoritis, I'm sorry, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Carteris publicly supported uh, Zelina Vega on Twitter, including her email in a tweet to Vega offering her to chat. Well, that chat happened to the point where today, by the way, for those wondering, SAG after they're a labor uh, union. They represent more than 150,000 actors TV and radio personalities, recording artists, singers, journalists, other people in media. Other people in media can include wrestlers, <laughs> by the way. Absolutely good. They're on yep. TV. So today, uh, Ms. Carteris did post that there was a powerful conversation with Tia Trinidad, that's Selena Vega's real name, yep. today. We support her and others as they work to protect an employer and empower, or sorry, as, as they work to protect and empower themselves. And Zelina responded, confirmed the conversation and said, thank you for your insight. It was very powerful indeed. Thank you for all the pleasant conversation and insight. Ooh, Tim, we're getting closer. Yeah. Uh, and what what is great to see here is that Zelina's doing what Paige kind of sort of hinted at doing, but didn't, didn't do. Uh, Zelina with arguably perhaps more to lose uh because she's an active personality on wwe programming and she still shot her shot it's a calculated decision i'm confident of that because like i mean 
Zelina stands to make more through those things than she does in wrestling, whereas perhaps her partner, Alistair, not so much. Um, so I think they made the right decision with that, like to protect themselves because, you know, you need to feed yourself and stay alive because, you know, this is how the world works as it is. Um, but I do admire her for actually standing up, doing it publicly, losing her job over it and being the face and leader for a movement that is long overdue. Um, I have no idea what the U.S. laws are like. I assume they change state by state. But here in Canada, employers can get in quite a bit of trouble for miscategorizing their employees. And the WWE is almost certainly doing that. The only thing that has been protecting them is their large sums of money and lobbying endeavors, which pretty normal. So I don't know. I wish her all the best. And I hope that she continues the crusade. Just like she'll be fine. She'll be fine. And she is in a good position to do this. Not everyone will be. So someone has yeah. to do it. And, you know, what's what's really strange about it is that if you are, I think it's in Connecticut that the laws are that, you know, like Vince McMahon does, they can categorize independent contractors as such uh, with the very loose laws that they have used for years. Yeah. And plus I mean, there's some payoffs involved. Um, a little bit of something from SAG-AFTRA afterwards. This was their official uh, their official comment, quote, wrestling is as much about media as it is sports, and we are going to directly engage with members of this profession to help find ways for them to protect themselves. As more people reinvest in unions and as more working people are harassed by employers who don't want to protect them, SAG-AFTRA is committed to doing what we can to help professional wrestlers secure the protections they deserve. Wow. <laughs> That's Looking good. That's, to it. Yeah, I really I assume it will be a slow kind of boring process, but it's exciting to see some movement in an area that hasn't really moved since Jesse Ventura got snitched on by the snake Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, if you took a look today, Jessamyn Duke, by the way, who's an NXT talent, she actually started a new Twitter for gaming. It's at OK Gamer, that E with a three. So it's O-K-A-Y-G-A-M-3-R. Uh, and she has a merch store on uh, on Represent, which is a kind of like any merch store type of thing. That's close to a problem. Yeah, that's questionable. <laughs> that's a very questionable decision to throw yourself into this. Like We know that NXT stars are not, uh, they're not exempt it. from this, this either. They're not just exempt? Yet. Okay. So, oh, sorry, they are exempt. Yeah, as they're right not now. bound by it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most are still able to scream or to stream, but the extra merch stuff is strange. Don't know yeah. how, that, how she gets around it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's quite a few like women wrestlers out there who are doing this stuff. I think I saw Havocs on Twitch as well the other day. Oh yeah, they they love that Havocs on there uh, officially with Impact as well. Yeah, so I I don't know. Whatever. Like, <laughs> cool to see Jessamyn Duke. I wonder what her what her angle is going to be. Like, what her niche is going to be. So, yeah. Um, so unfortunately someone who's been around a while and has come in and out is Chelsea green, Chelsea green debuts. She's not victorious. That's kind of a two prong word because here we go from Fightful select as mentioned last week, all throughout Friday, the plan was for Chelsea green to win the SmackDown match in which she debuted. What? After sitting on the, <laughs> yep. Whoa. After, yep. Sorry, bud. I hope you're, <laughs> you're just finding out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After, so yeah, I like, I purposefully keep okay. myself a little bit like out of the loop so that you can tell me and I can react like I did just now. There she was supposed to win. C keep going. She was supposed keep to going. win that match. Uh, after sitting on the sidelines for months, we're told that Vince McMahon had a meeting with green about the creative plans for her moving forward and to inform her that she'd moved up to SmackDown imminently. Most within creative and WWE staff said that they had heard the meeting went positively and Paul Heyman pushed hard for her and believed Chelsea green was a top women's star before she was ousted. Fightful learned that the creative plans did not stop at Vince McMahon's greeting with uh, meeting with Chelsea Green up until at least the day of the show. There were creative plans to either have a name change or a nickname, and the proposal, victorious. Oh, that's even good. <laughs> I kind of like that. It's simple. It's uh, simple but elegant. You can do so much with that. It's strong. There were some concerns raised by some within the company that there would that there could be trademark issues making that happen. Both Green and Victorious appeared on the internal rundowns. Although both Green, uh, sorry, though Green was scheduled for a post-match post promo where she'd refer to herself by this new moniker, obviously it didn't happen because she was injured about a minute into the match. Oh my God, off such a crummy bump too. Like it didn't, 
I don't know. She's she's uh, what's the opposite of a horseshoe? Like an inverse hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so disappointing. I had that's surprising. What would they have done with Liv? Like she would have made it on that team somehow. I guess the. You assume she could have made it uh, at the same time. Maybe she didn't. Maybe it was going to turn into the beginning of the end of the riot squad, which <sighs> you don't need. Oh, my God. I don't need that. As I drop my pen already. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, that was the unfortunate reality because Zelina Vega was released on Friday and immediately I was saying, well, I guess I mean Chelsea Green has a spot on the roster. She did. She definitely did. And now that's gone. So now who's going to take over Chelsea Green's place? My money's on Vanessa Bourne, maybe Santana Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these would be cool. Like, I got no issue with that. It's a shame it's not Mia Yim. Yeah, well, Mercedes Martinez is another one, but she's uh, potentially NXT bound. Well, she is NXT bound. We just haven't found out how yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. All right, well, let's go down to NXT because Arturo Juras, we found out today, is injured both WWE and go back to Fightful Select one more time. They've learned that Arturo Juras sustained an arm injury during this week's episode of NXT with his match against Kushida. Ruas filmed some additional content for WWE Digital, but it didn't end up making the air. Uh, when they were asked about his status on Raw, we're told that the company sidelining Raw Underground set his stage for the NXT return, as many expected. So his NXT appearance was not scheduled to be a one-off, and there are creative plans moving for him moving forward in NXT. He's oh going to stick around NXT. Oh my God. I forgot about Raw Underground. And they, he was do, also, they do this so much. I just I, <laughs> He was also drafted to Raw. What? He was officially drafted to Raw. Him, oh, him and Davikato, who have not yet. Been who, yeah, I haven't seen. I forgot he existed. God, they're weird. God, they do weird <laughs> things. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame he got hurt. They aired his, they aired his like package just before the Kushida match, and I was like, oh, cool, new guy. Look, they're building him, and then he's just okay. That's a shame. Well, he may he may just see. Well, I mean, now that he's injured, we won't really see him for a bit. But you know, the way that that match ended against uh, Kushida last night, it looked like they were kind of saving both of them. Kushida yeah, had been on a totally. roll in NXT, and Huas was pinned in a really interesting way where it didn't look like he was dumb. He didn't get taken out. It wasn't a burial. It was a nope. really really intense match that ended as it should. Which is yeah. Oh well, it's the nature of the business, right? Going to live with some of this stuff. Yep. Um, speaking of living with some of this stuff, <laughs> you ready for this one? We're going to talk about WrestleMania. Oh, WrestleVotes had a WrestleMania update for us. I know you love WrestleVotes. Sources state that while Edge versus Randy Orton has been the long-standing plan and still is at the moment, the idea of Edge versus The Fiend has been discussed a great deal for the show. Further, source states the initial idea came up with names came up as names were thrown around as possible opponents for Wyatt and Alexa Bliss team at WrestleMania. Edge and Beth Phoenix were mentioned. Sources state that the matches are both unlikely. Orton versus Edge remains the plan as of right now. And thankfully, not for the WWE Championship, as we discovered this past Monday on Raw, but there's still a long time until then, isn't there? There is. There is. I don't think it needs the championship, as I've stated multiple times. I don't hate Edge versus The Fiend. I think that would be Tell good. Me more. Why do yeah. you think that would work? Um... I just think that Edge would do a really good job selling and working with The Fiend. Like, I think he's expressive as not. He's not such a capable actor because I did download Money Plane. Um, <laughs> but it would be it would be interesting, I feel. Like, I feel like Edge would do a really good job of being the distraught guy trying to take down like uh, a supernatural force, right? Like those those eyes bugging out of his head and the... <laughs> you know spear after spear after spear <laughs> i think it'd be good i don't want to see beth phoenix and alexa bliss in there but if they do go that direction i have a feeling that maybe they would which is like i'm less excited about that match just because like i don't know in an intergender tag match with a supernatural being doesn't sound as appealing to me i was saying back in june that it was all likely that uh, Edge and Orton would be on the card for WrestleMania. I was saying that maybe it would be for the Universal title because up until Roman Reigns won the Universal title, that title was being used as like the Legends title. It was being used as the the number two, doesn't really matter. And that would have been perfect for Orton and Edge. It's big enough, but it's not too big. Yeah, 
yeah, mm-hmm. like, I, it, it, yeah, I don't see it going that way. It'll almost certainly be Orton Edge. And again, I don't think it needs a title. I think they have the narrative to do it. And and Edge getting hurt basically made that a possibility. Like they couldn't have drug it on through an entire year. But now there's a proper story that they can tell. And I think it's it's the low hanging fruit that is also like very t- tasty and delicious. So you don't need to to overextend yourself. Focus the writing energies where it's desperately needed. <laughs> The one time I would love to do this overbooked, crazy WrestleMania career versus career match. You know what you would have done? You could have had Edge have the Edge heads come back. Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, come out and have their thing. And then Orton would have had maybe members of Evolution. But more importantly, he would have had members of his stable with Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. (laughs) I would have loved to see that, that, obviously. (laughs) We can't do that now. But I think it would have been really nice. I think it would have been a lot of fun to watch that play yeah. out on at WrestleMania. Uh, if it is going to be a career versus career match, sure, why not? We all know how it's going to end, and that's fine. I think it's just about telling an amazing story. The, the, the greatest wrestling match ever wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever, but it paid homage to wrestling as a whole. It was still it was, a good match. It was. Good match. It's just, that's an insane thing to put. That's a tagline. <laughs> Oh, it was SEO. As you and I are talking about SEO offline, that is all about SEO. Yeah, 100%. Oh, whatever. Well, how about we talk about more awards that are won? How about the WWE Thunderdome? Yeah. Why would it get an award for what? It won an award. It won an award for... Uh, putting me on the spot, but it, it recently won an award. Uh, you brought it, it up! Was like, it was a sporty award. It was a some, sporty some award. award? It's not sporty. It's okay. some, some digital digital sports award. Um, you can look it up. It's there. It's not a webby. That'd be too easy. Cool. Anyway, the award-winning and critically acclaimed Thunderdome is packing up and hitting the road, Tim. Why? To spread COVID throughout the land? (laughs) No. Uh, the Amway Center, the Amway Center has other commitments starting in December. Okay, that's fine. As the NBA plans to bring back their teams to their own home bases. Yeah, because the bubble worked too well, so they need to screw it up. Okay. The bubble was also tiny or for a short amount of time. Yeah, that's true. Whereas the whole season is a little different. I, I Listen, I agree with you. It should be bubbled, but it's tough. Uh, it's tough for players. You're kind of, you're segregated from your family. You're stuck and it's very. It's and tough. only making I, millions of dollars to soften the pain. <laughs> Take a couple dollar bills to wipe your eyes. Yeah. Anyway, the ECHL and the NBA are going to be taking over uh, because that is who plays at the Amway Center in Orlando. Uh, however, WrestleVotes says that the newest plan is now to have Thunderdome shows at Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay running mid-December through Mania season. Fans at the Royal Rumble might still be possible, potentially even at the Trop in Tampa Bay. WWE is hoping to start traditional live arena shows with their fans the night after WrestleMania. And of course, today... WWE PR released that they are going to be moving the Thunderdome to the Trop starting December 11th. And that's hmm. Friday night. Is Trop Canada Field uh, open air stadium? Uh, no, it has a dome on it. It's also very old and it's not very well revered in the MLB circles. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. Okay. To the point where the power has gone out at the Trop multiple times. So WWE will probably be running their own external power yeah, as I much mean, as they could. So that's fine. That whole Thunderdome setup is just chock full of video and power consumption thing must suck the juice um yeah, yeah okay that's cool whatever <clears throat> like uh, i'm fine with them moving and change of appearance is fine yeah um and you know what mlb isn't expected to start until april so uh wwe's plan to move there is for an undisclosed amount of time which will probably mean until about mania they can do mania at raymond james they could technically have a full stadium. They probably won't because the Dolphins are still only restricting their capacity to 13,000 fans. Only. Well, it's I still, know. I mean, they're in a giant stadium. No, I know, I know. 75. I know. It's just I agree all, with you. It's frustrating because like I saw like the planned rollout for Canadians to receive one of these, like, because there's a couple of viable vaccines, it sounds like now. Planned rollout is late 2021 that everyone will have met, like been able to access it, which is depressing to me but anyway so i will say this much the original commute for wwe superstars going to the thunderdome to amway used to be real short used to be like 20 30 minutes now i'm looking at about 90 minute commute 
Now they're uh, doing it for real again. They're going on the road, getting <laughs> rental wanna, cars and everything. They want to get them back, you know, used to it. Also, they want to like put cameras in their cars and get that content again, probably. Because I remember they were doing yeah, that exactly. for a little while. <laughs> Ride along just back and forth. Yeah. I love it. Uh, all right. Speaking of back and forth, we have the PWI Tag Team 50. We have the top five. You want to hear about the Tag Team 50? Sure. Let's Let's go for these rankings. Guess number one. Tag team top 50. Young yep. Bucks? All across wrestling. Yeah, Young Bucks. No. Oh. Gun Club. <laughs> yes, totally. It was them. Uh, FTR tops the list, number one. Why? <laughs> they had one hell of a they had one hell of a of a 2020. I guess whatever the, the timing was for them coming in. It was probably around the time they came in. Young Bucks definitely made more money, but okay. Oh yeah, that's not about money. Because then <laughs> yeah. number two is Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Oh, oh. Uh, number four is the North. Oh, damn. Okay. Kudos. Bravo. There you go. And number five are the Street Profits. Love it. Yeah, that's good. Who's number three? Who do you think is number three? Does Cody Rhodes have any say in this? <laughs> any uh, influence? No, he was not, as far as I understand, part <laughs> of the voting. Good, because I was going to say Cody Rhodes and uh, whoever. Um, <laughs> and Darby Allen, not last night. No, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Let me know. You're going to be blown away because it's the golden role models. It's Bailey and Sasha Banks. You know what? That's that makes sense. Honestly, that's good. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they carried WWE through that whole PC era. Uh, they had the basically the summer of golden role models. So it makes sense. They should be in that that spot right there. Totally. I just, you know, things happen so quickly. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh with the knockouts tag team championships coming up soon with impact uh i'm really looking forward i saw the uh the the brackets online there's one tba for jordan grace's tag team partner mm. i'm really holding out for lufisto to be that person been saying it since they announced it back at uh, bound for glory lufisto is a wonderful canadian wrestler who is not done yet and deserves the world she also she lives in pittsburgh oh she can do it. She, I thought she lived in Montreal because that's where she's originally from. No, mm-hmm. she's living not in Pittsburgh, but outside in, in Pennsylvania. In and so, around Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, she can She can get there is what I'm saying. Sweet. Uh, but speaking of Impact, Impact Wrestling, they actually just filmed their last set of tapings of the year this past week. And there are a bunch of wrestlers who uh, they haven't resigned yet. So they don't have new deals. And unless terms are reached and... You know, they get re-signed. You're not going to see them on these tapings. One of those people is Ethan Page, speaking of the North. He's going to be free agent at the end of the year, and Josh Alexander is not. So my question to you, Tim, is, hey, where does Adam Page hang? Where, where does he show? Sorry, Adam Page. Where does Ethan Page end up? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I can see him re-signing, right? He was just on Talking Shop of Mania. Did his yeah. thing. Like, I, I, I can see him staying there. Like, I thought that Impact was paying worse than they do. Uh, but then I looked it up and they seem to be paying reasonably well. And like, honestly, right now, I think that's the best place for him. Like, he's getting over. He's got tons of attention on him. You know, if they're if they're sitting at number four in that ranking, that's positive. Like, I think he should just stay there and continue to build his brand. Again, like I think I think Impact is like number two for me out of all wrestling programs right now. Like they don't get a fair shake. They're doing good work. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take from 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 Tim. Yeah. No Stan. (laughs) Um, Josh Alexander, you think uh, is he a viable single star? Let's say Ethan Page moves out, goes somewhere else. Not yet. Do you see him doing things? No, no. no. He's got to. I don't know. He'd have to change up his look a whole lot, I think. Like with the with his headgear and stuff, I think he, he just settles nicely into a tag team role for me. But yeah, not insurmountable, uh, obviously. Like you know, you can work on that. But he uh, he opened his own wrestling school before COVID, and unfortunately had to close it. Yeah. Uh, but he's got a lot left in the tank, and I think he could be a wonderful producer when he's ready to kind of start making that transition. Take a step uh, back, yeah. And Ethan Page, Ethan Page is twenty nine. He is still a kid. Like he's still young, hungry has all the potential. He could make it big. It's just going to come down to the right deal with the right company. And if he stays with Impact, I also wouldn't be too surprised. He's got a great tag team partner and he's been obviously supported very well through Impact. 
Yeah, I feel like the reality of making it big nowadays is just so different. Like it, it's the same thing in like all industries. The the internet has made connecting with people and like reaching a, a fan base so different. Like you can make a ton of money in a few different ways, right? Like the young bucks are now very well off through a very atypical pathway. So yeah, lots of different avenues. You don't need to jump in in league with one of the big guys. I agree. Well, let's talk about the big guys because it's time for hits and misses, isn't it? Woo. <laughs> All right. What are we going to do? Let's talk. Well, we got SmackDown from last week, so. Oh, man. That, feels like forever ago. <laughs> I know. We always get into it. Okay. All right. What are we starting with? What we liked? Yeah. Uh, okay. I liked I liked Drew and Jay the most. It, it like I felt like Ray and Seth went on a little long and there were there were some similar spots to the eye for the eye match. Um, so it just, it, it felt like a little like, yeah, I've seen this a lot. Whereas Drew came out, cut a very interesting promo. It basically telegraphed what was going to happen on Monday. Like as soon as that was happening, I was like, okay, they're putting the title back on Drew. <laughs> um, and yeah. the continued way they promoted it kind of made it like, it would be weird if he lost. Um, yeah, I thought that the Drew Roman promo was really good. And then his match with Jay was really interesting and something I hadn't really seen before. So enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree that that segment kind of setting it up was uh, was pretty interesting at the top of SmackDown. Um, I enjoyed it, but I also didn't love Jay coming out and uh, kind of doing his I'm a little dog shtick. It made him seem really dumb, which I think is like putting I think that harmed him a little bit. Like there was no need for it. Like. Yeah he should know what the score is by now. So for him to like do that and then get chewed out by Roman was a little bit weird. They could have had Roman just have him come out and like do his thing. But yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Mysterio versus Seth was a great match. That six one nine botch at the end was kind of jarring, <laughs> but fell right I, out of the ring. <laughs> I think it was, I, I honestly, I think it was more Mysterio not wanting to catch Seth by surprise while he was, Seth was trying to deal with the Murphy thing that had happened. And so, Mysterio didn't want to make the mistake and like catch him in the face for real. Didn't want yeah. to brace him. So I think he just slipped out because he, you know, he just bailed last second. Yeah. I think that's how it is. It's fine. It was still um, a very good match. Just a little bit long for my taste. Exactly. It, it, you know what? The end of the match was fine. The, uh, the Mysterio's kind of accepting Murphy and you're part of us now. <laughs> that was weird. That was so like, it's like, wow, it did not take much. This entire thing is still <laughs> Weird AF, right? Like, be a dad. <laughs> At least he didn't have to beat one of his kids to get there. Wait, Oh, no. my God. Oh, what did you not like about it? Uh, SmackDown, I think it was okay, like, overall. Um, the thing I didn't like the, the most was just Seth wants Murph now, which is like, it's going to keep going. I thought, like, they did a good job. Just wrap it up. It could have been done at the cage match. Yeah. Dolph is Dolph. Dolph is Dolph. Dolph, is Dolph. Dolph is Dolph. He just Dolphed. <laughs> he uh, shows up. He's cooled down. Takes on Otis. Otis next takes him out with a Vader bomb. I think like Dolph's just so content doing his thing. Like, he, you know, he goes in. He plays the comedy bit in WWE. He even had like a, a run. Uh, and then he's a comedian and he does his stuff. You know, he's fine. Kind of sick of his 80s porn star wearing the, the SmackDown hat with his long hair pulled Look, through the man. Side. There's so many people out there doing that right now and doing it so much worse that I like, you know what? His is at least kind of tasteful. He's not Johnny Swinger all over the place, which like <laughs> I'm fine with it. What I didn't get was like Otis field felt weird to me in that show. Um I get it. He's a broken man now, which like it really feels like Vince just 180 like snapped on Otis. Like the guy was <laughs> being shown, shown the sun. And then they're just like back to hell. Like <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know what he did. He did something to cross him, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. But then he got all mad. And now it seems like Chad Gable is Drew Gulak. In his failed gimmick with the like, oh, yeah. I'm going to teach you how to the, the gimmick that he did with it. Ugh. <laughs> I, I I wish they could stop with the wrestling school crap or like the MLM, I guess, is what he's doing. But like, it's it's weird to me. Like, I don't like Thatch's Thatch can. 
I don't like what they were. I don't like anything they're doing with Drew Gulak because he could do much more than what they're doing with him. And same with Chad Gable. Like, it's so weird to me that like all of these little guys in WWE are like not even particularly little. And many people of the same stature have done very big things in WWE already. So it's tired, it's lazy, and it doesn't hold up. Like, give him something real to do. Maybe that's what I didn't like about SmackDown. Not so much Seth Watts Murph. Like, what they're doing with Otis and what they're doing with Chad Gable. I kind of liked it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, we talked about Jay interrupting. The other thing I didn't like, uh, unfortunately, poor Chelsea Green. She, you know, <laughs> yeah. comes out. We thought it was going to be a good time. And then she didn't have a good time. Apparently, but it was going to be a great time for her. I had no yeah. idea. Uh, it sucks. But you know what? I'm going to say uh, cheers to Natalia, who we were talking about this when we were when we looked at the footage. Uh, Natty, like, tosses Liv, like, out of the way from attacking Chelsea and starts giving her the punches just to, like, get her away from Chelsea, who's obviously injured. Yeah. And that moment was like, that's that's a professional. That's Natty, quick, who's sharp her business her like, entire life. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's great. Uh, you know, what was great, shockingly, was Raw. What yeah, like? it what was pretty like? good. Um, you know what? Bray versus The Miz. What? Yeah, yeah. This is a weird take. I haven't seen it before in a way that mattered to me. Maybe Bray Wyatt versus The Miz back when he was the Swamp Lord. You know, um, they did this match at TLC in 2019, right? No, because I wasn't watching wrestling then. <laughs> what? I told oh, you I left. I only really started coming back in vigor. Like I would watch WrestleMania and SummerSlam. That's okay. it for a few years. So I only came back uh, in full force when we started doing this. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was different uh, than what I've been seeing week over week because there have been a lot of the same. Like I keep saying that I see 13 guys wrestle week in week out at least bray only wrestles like once a month and which is good because like he's not the most exciting in-ring performer honestly um but i thought it was good watching alexa leap onto john morrison looked amazing like was was not expecting that to be like a the best spot in the whole match um i liked it and i i kind of like like i take back everything i said about like alexa not being the best actor sometimes she's done a tremendous job the last two weeks so i'm curious i just there's it's so difficult to write a character like the fiend and do it in a way that isn't just lame uh so i i hope that they figure it out it's there's been a couple of ups and downs with his character and unfortunately those downs can really kind of hinder the whole thing uh i don't i didn't mind him taking on the miz randomly just randomly showing up didn't expect it it was nice it was nice and it was a good match that i enjoyed I don't disagree with you. I don't. Wrestling fans have a way of sometimes getting real down on things and just kind of beating that dead horse. So I hear you. We do it too. But also, I think you're right. Alexa Bliss has been doing the best work of her career as an actor. And I think that's awesome. Yep. Uh, We've been praising it week after week here. So, you know, you can tell she's into it. And that's great. That's what you need. You need believability in your character. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that Nikki Cross is as believable. (laughs) I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her. She was like doing super well. And then now she's been relegated to this like, Lexi, like that's it. That's all she does. And then she gets her ass beat this week. Hopefully she decides to move on and goes back to doing something else. It would be nice. I definitely was a fan of those two title matches we had on Raw this past week. Very good. Having the New Day in the Hurt Business, which was a match that you and I were so certain was going to be the title change. I I still think it's the wrong move, but. It was a good match. And I've not excellent. Like I I I think I mentioned on on uh throwbacks show in the podcast <clears> that like <throat> this is gonna which is coming out Sun Sunday? Saturday noon. Saturday, Saturday evening. Um we're gonna be on that. It's good. Uh the sleeper match for me might just be Street Profits versus New Day. I think that's gonna be a really entertaining spectacle so i'm i'm still excited to see it even though it's not the narrative direction that i would have preferred i think it's going to lead to probably a better in-ring showing um because the two of them is going to be excellent like I, that could have been wrestlemania if they wanted but 
neither time. one of them's the heel. So this is the best yep. time to do it um, without, you know, drastically altering where where those characters are going. Right. Uh, yeah. Drew and Randy. Drew and Randy. Again, every single week now, Seamus and Drew. The backstage bits are really like sweet. Well done. And then seeing yeah. Drew come out in the the gear with with the massive claymore i liked it i i liked it it, it was like triple h but tasteful <laughs> did you did you hear the story about the sword uh yeah 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 that it's vince's sword no whoa whoa no it's, no it's vince mcmahon's sword that's that stephanie and triple h bought for him when they were over in scotland <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> oh, so he man. used it the the entrance was like really it was really long winded. They kept, they played the music for like a full round promoting the show. Something was weird. I thought they were going to go to like a backstage beatdown and get out, get out of it somehow. Yeah. But they, they aired the promo too. So it was like, Oh, they're actually gonna like end this, which is like, I saw a lot of people like complaining and I'll talk about this now. Cause we're talking about raw and we're talking <laughs> about, uh, the WWE champion. Uh, a lot of people have been complaining about Randy winning at all. And I think I, I, think I saw you complaining about Randy getting the title at all. Um, it's, it's in my notes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't have an issue with that at all. Like sometimes this happens. Sometimes people grab a title and they have it for like one fight and they lose it. Uh, I have no problem with this. I think it prolonged their feud a little bit which I have no issue with. And I think this goes down as like a pretty good back and forth. Like Randy Drew has been entertaining. They had the ambulance match that is really memorable. The Hell in a Cell match that was not so very memorable, but like whatever. Prolong the feud and they did a proper wrap up this week. If they can let it be, I think this was a good run. And I'm glad ultimately that Drew has the title in the end. I don't mind that they took it away from him and made him a two-time champion that quickly. Because you know what that does? That that just solidifies him as like a permanent like like main event figure not necessarily but like it it anchors him a bit more than if he was just holding the title right there's always the risk that it's just going to be the one so i don't know i think i think it makes drew seem more legitimate because he lost it fought and got it back right away yeah, I think it, it's a it's a vote of confidence for him that you don't see them put into a lot of people like you're not, I, you know, the, the the contrast between him and Braun really interesting to me. And I think they made the right decisions on both of them. Interesting take. I don't disagree with you. I think we all get kind of put into that world where Randy lost a bunch of those matches, a bunch of those gimmick matches only to win it at Hell in a Cell, which is another gimmick match. But the point being that like Drew had all of the momentum, and I guess the story would have been Randy can best him on any random night, and Drew could do the same, Mm because that's what wrestling is about. It is about the competition, and you're not going to be 100% every night. And that's the thing. You're pitting pitting Randy Orton, a guy who's been doing this for ages and is now a legitimate legend, versus guy on his first title run. And you have to wrap this feud up somehow in a way that both still look strong. If you do have true intentions of keeping Drew McIntyre as a a viable long-term main eventer. So like this makes sense to me. And like this happens in combat sports. Like a lot of people can't defend titles. Watch any heavyweight fight. Stipe's the king in in MMA right now because he's defended three times. Like. Not a ton of title defenses. So I, it's not unbelievable. It works for me. I have no issue with it. All right. Give me what you didn't like about Raw then. Uh, what I didn't like about Raw is Retribution. Everything about them. I'm so over it. Uh, and Mercedes, or not Mercedes, uh, Reckoning. Mia Yim. Reckoning. Yeah, Mia Yim. Reckoning attacking Dana Brooke makes no sense. And they're like, we're one, we're one step ahead of our enemies. And it's like, you've lost everything. Every <laughs> single week. I'm glad they won one this week to at least maintain some semblance of legitimacy or, or, or like an iota of mattering. Um, but it also pisses me off that Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are now out off the team for no good reason from what I could. Are they hurt? Is Vince um, just having a fit? Like, why are Peyton and Lacey all of a sudden in? So Mandy is hurt. Legit. Uh, hurt. She took a, yeah, she took a bad bump a couple of weeks ago being tossed out of the ring. 
kind of hurt her shoulder. It was uh, Nia Jax threw her out of the ring. And I know people are going off on Nia being like, oh, she's unsafe. No, this was no, it's nothing it was to do with that. No one. Yeah, this wasn't a Nia problem. This was just a freak accident where you can see just she slipped in the ropes while she was trying to be thrown out. It was just a, a bad Yeah, it, those happened. spots are dangerous. You watch Chelsea's like she yeah. fell funny. Totally like, innocuous. Like you didn't expect you, you didn't. We had to look at it a bunch of times just to be like, yeah, she landed awkwardly on a fall. That's what it happened. In that case, whatever. Now they're just retribution is just the back rooms like dumb club. Like yeah. they can rebuild them. You could rebuild them there. OK, uh, so there was. Did you it. see this? Did you see this this thing? I think I saw it on Instagram, but it might it probably made the rounds on Reddit and Twitter. It was like the backstage promos explaining why they're in retribution that absolutely cannot go on TV. They they weren't on Instagram, Tim. They were fleets. Ooh, <laughs> that fleets. was how WWE decided to bring in fleets, <laughs> which nobody had access to. <laughs> yes, they did the whole back. <laughs> they did the whole retribution background using fleets. And I, I kind of tore into them a bit. I was just like, it's really great to use the one the one thing that not everyone can use yet to tell the backstory of one of your most like controversial characters in the last it makes up because okay keith lee wrestled retribution this week like you can't so and they did the takeover the next day yeah you can't do that oh man this is such bad writing retribution frustrates me it makes no sense like they've created a garbage fire well they they were born out of a out of the q2 call where vince was asked about ratings and the next week you had someone throwing molotov cocktails and that whole that's how retribution was started was through just a, a call to action from the investors being like, hey, what are you going to do about the, this shitty creative? So that's really what it is. And now now the onus is on Vince and all the others to kind of pick it up and make sense of the story. But at the same time, the problem is they're going to keep eating each other until they figure out what it means to be retribution. Yeah, I mean, they, they just they can't have those masks on like it's I don't know. It screws yeah. everything up and like, yeah, it's such a weird vehicle. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fan and having reckoning uh, attack Dana Brooke randomly was weird to me. I don't think it made yeah. any sense. And then Mustafa's promo didn't tie up anything. It, it just made me laugh at them. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, I will draw attention to it. There is a vacuum going on behind me because my partner may have just broken a vase in another room. Ooh, no! <laughs> so I apologize. That's poor vase. All right. All right. Um, let's move on from raw to let's go with AEW. Actually, I didn't tell you what I didn't like. Damn it. You didn't tell me what you didn't like. What did you not like? I didn't You're like right. the six woman tag because it was super ass random. And I know we already talked about Mandy and, and everyone being uh, Mandy and uh, yeah. Dana being taken out of the match. I get it. Them teaming in with Asuka. Fine. Whatever. But putting Lana with the tag team champions who are putting her through a table every week felt ridiculous. And we all knew what it was happening. And we're just waiting for survivor series when Lana's a sole survivor and they all put Nia through a table and maybe they do it. Maybe they do it at survivor series. Maybe they do it the next night on raw because the next night on raw would be for the ratings pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That means. So that's, I didn't like the match. I didn't like the, the setup for it. Just didn't work. The psych was funny. I, you know, otherwise didn't really care much for it. Saw it coming, but yeah. Yeah. It was cute. And then uh, Hardy and Elias with the signs where Jeff Hardy's just, you know, five, five, five. Amen. <laughs> Why won't this end? <laughs> Everybody look at the end? sign he created. It was bad. His was Photoshop like, skills are worse than his music. <laughs> yeah, you're like, both you, terrible. Please stop. You, you praised his music on TV. <laughs> yeah, briefly. Oh, great stuff, oh, man. Oh, yeah. So that was not great. Uh, didn't like that. So let's move on. We usually flip the switch and talk AWNXT and we reverse it. So what did you not like about AEW? Uh, honestly, felt this week was another downward from the week before. Um, to me, it felt like it didn't have a ton of energy. And I think you had a different take. But like for me, it just the, the whole thing felt slow. Blade and... Uh, and Pac was a bit disappointing for me. It just it just was a little bit slow for me, like a plotting type match. It had a couple of spots, you know. Um, and I don't watch it on TV, so I don't know. But like, it feels like the only time when the women are allowed to be on TV, like in a way that passes the Bechdel test, <laughs> is 930. 
Because like they immediately like like the Jade Cargill beatdown was right after after Pac and Blade, and then they put on Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, which was pretty good. But I read stuff on Twitter as it was happening, and then watched the match. And I, it, it was overhyped for me because it was a good match. But like then I watched NXT after, and I was like, no, this is this is a different caliber. It was a good match. It had a strong finish, but the whole first two thirds of it were, were pretty slow for me. Um, I, I, I'll tell you now, I did enjoy that match. Uh, I yeah. like that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are finally going to have Same. some sort of story. And, you know, again, the NWA women's championship is the TNT women's championship at this point. Especially yeah, except as, it's bigger. Like, right. Well, the problem is the women's championship in NWA, the NWA has no women left. Yeah. Because Marty Bell announced that she's a free agent now. And we didn't talk about it in our in our rundown today. But Marty Bell is out. And she was Allison Kay's like best friend. And Allison Kay is out. And Thunder Rosa is kind Basically, of signed. I, <laughs> Gordon I mean, Billy Corgan still signed? Yeah, I don't know. Like everyone's talking about how bomb her theme is. Like when she comes out for AEW and stuff. And it's just like, it, you got a home here, sister. Like move. Yeah. Get, like, hire Mike, a lawyer, get out of that probably janky ass contract and get to AEW. Yeah. Mikey Ruckus, by the way, is an amazing musician. Great. Oh, great theme maker. Nailing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good match. It was just I overhyped it myself. That's my own bad doing. Um, what it, what we're talking about, what we didn't like. I already said yep. mine. What did you not like about AEW? I didn't love the uh, the Brandy and Jade backstager. Um, yeah, it was weird. You know, I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh, no, Jade's going to break Brandy's hand. And how is Brandy going to enjoy chacaroni pizza now? <laughs> <laughs> just, and was, I get why they're doing it. And it's going to be it's going to be interesting story. Uh, but, you know, it was just there. Uh, interestingly, in the background, you had uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose holding back Red Velvet and somebody else that I can't remember. Yeah, can't uh, but it was it was interesting. I liked it. Um, but I also just didn't like the timing. I didn't like that. It was just tossed in there. It didn't work for me. And, uh, you're going to hate me for it. Some of you that Jericho inner circle Vegas hangover remake. Yeah. If they hate you for it, they can hate me too. That sucked. Honestly, it was lazy Jericho. It was another excuse to get a a fuzzy track on TV. Drinking Uh Jesus is the song, by the way. That album's still three years old. You, we can move along. We can do new stuff now, Fozzie. Um, and, and they just, they ripped off the hangover and everyone's going to lap it up and eat it up. And that's, it that's was not lazy. Fun. Like even the jokes lazy. didn't make any sense half the time either. Like the, the liquor joke was just tedious to me. Okay. And I was like, we're going go to go back. People are the worst. Like, yes. So they do the whole, they do the whole one topping each other again, just like they did with steak dinner. Fine. Cute. And yeah, but the order the, wasn't right. No. Uh, then they get to the, the, they drink moonshine. They call it Everclear. And then the bartender says something about the Vandergrift incident. Yeah. And they all repeat. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. The Vandergrift incident doesn't like, it wasn't a thing. So I go looking for it. It was an incident. It was a fire at Camp Pendleton in nine, in, in, in 2018. And like, what does that have to do with anything? Were they just thinking of funny names? That is so I know weird. we're picking it apart. But it was just not. No, I know. Like, yeah, we're, we're picking it to death. But I mean, if you're going to end your segment with a crying little person, baby, you're fair game for me to like just shit talk all of you. Like that was such a s- stupid, pointless bit. The three wives crap and like whatever. Look, vodka, not harder than tequila Jericho, you weirdo. It is if you're Jericho and you drink nothing but vodka. Oh my God. What is he drinking? Like the cheapest vodka on the shelf because you, you buy a top hand odd vodka. That's that shit is smooth. Jericho's a gray goose guy. Oh, yeah. So I will stop burying that segment. Yeah, it was a crap it. segment anyway, but whatever. Like they, they did a piece of gold not that long ago. They can't, you know. I can't fault them too much. They did their best, and I'm sure that was workable for a lot of people. So they can't all be home runs, Tim. They cannot. Is that a segue? <laughs> no. What do you like? <laughs> uh, what did I like from AEW? I Will Hobbs made the right decision finally, and I think that as weird as it felt that that main event was the main event, I think that that match might have actually kind of grabbed my attention the most. Um, I do like Brian Cage. I don't like that Ricky Starks has a finisher called Rochambeau. Uh, <laughs> Darby Allen did good. Like, I don't 
I hate, hate, hate his promo packages. He's like 13 year old edgy. And it is so stupid to me. Like, Ooh, you're on fire in a church. You're like, you're, you're, you're a grown ass man. Stop it. Um, but he, his wrestling was good in that match, which is not always. And I, I think that that was a good match. Uh, and I like Will Hobbs's finish. I didn't like his weird face. He's like, he was mean mugging. It was a weird mean mug. <laughs> How did you feel about it taking this long for Will Hobbs to finally get there? I talked about it. Everyone? I talked about it last week. I was like, is this AEW's version of long-term storytelling? Because like just deferring the story is not storytelling. Like they didn't advance that plot at all. Will Hobbs would run out periodically with a chair. And we talked about that on PW Unlimited, by the way, yeah. which you can find every single week, the weekly draw. We do that at PW Unlimited. And we'll be giving our Survivor Series picks on that show this weekend. Uh, that was the most like radio style plug I could give. <laughs> it's good. Solid. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, what are we at? We're still talking about what we liked about AEW. Yeah. The Mox promo. Yep. Fantastic. What a way to announce your pregnancy. That's how you do it, kids. If you're ever on TV and you're just wondering, oh, man, uh, my partner's pregnant. I don't know how to tell the world. I'm just going to drop it as a one off. Totally erupt Twitter with it. Oh, did you catch the uh, the commentary? Like, do you listen to it or you're watching two things at once, right? Yeah, I'm going back and forth. Yeah. So JR like solidified it after he's like, "Uh, I think he buried the lead there, (laughs) (laughs) which is really funny. But also JR made a stupid ass joke that I'm not going to let him live down when they did the AEW heels segment. I don't know if you caught this. He asked, do they do bake sales? Mother. I was like, someone, really? someone mentioned it. Someone did mention that. Uh, there was a there was a a, a piece on on Reddit about really? how the AEW women's division is booked on a dynamite, and it's really like nine thirty. They come out have an eight minute match. They talk about heels. They talk about dark. They flash the darkest results, and they talk about everything but the match. And then the match ends, and they move along. And like that's case in point right there. Yeah. Do they have bake sales? Yeah, and everything Woof. everything before 9.30, the women come out as managers. And the commentary team talks about their appearance. Yep. Like, uh, there was the Kips match with Penelope, Penelope Ford out. And the commentary is like, oh, you're Penelope Ford. And then Miro's like, yes, and she's very talented. <laughs> Let's not forget how talented she is. And just like all that crap. Like, man, man, man. JR. Yeah, he's disappointing. He's turned into Jerry, the King Lawler. Yeah, he's learning from his, from his best pal, uh, Jerry Lawler. Ooh. All right, let's go to the next show. Oh, wait, I didn't talk about Penta and his will he, won't he. Oh, God, it's already after nine. He already <laughs> did it. Why. He did it. Yeah, we, we got to wrap it up. And he did All it. Right. And I don't mind Death Triangle's back. Woo! For now. I, yeah. I have my feelings. All right. What did you not like about NXT? Uh, finish to Grimes Loomis seemed like a, like just a throwaway. It was weird. Like, I, I'm happy that they'll extend that that feud, but him just running away seems kind of odd. Yeah. And the match at, at the start was funny. Yeah, it was great it was comedy. Bit. I loved it. But the ending, I agree. Totally yeah. weird. Just not not there. Um, anything else for NXT for you? No, I love that show. It is the best <laughs> wrestling on TV. Uh, Regal and Boa segment was a little strange to me. How Regal suddenly goes up to people's houses and asks them why they're not coming to work. He's very hands-on management style, okay? He is. Goes over to Boa, just like, we haven't seen you at the PC in a week. Where have you been? He cares. And Boa just being like, I, I I, can't I can't come to work today. And he's got like these blacked out eyes and he's either been beaten or he's been, <laughs> you know, not sleeping. I don't know. And then he's just like, I, 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 I can't come to work. And then she's coming. Who's coming? Xia Lee? She doesn't come to work either. It's like, what? <laughs> why, Regal, why can't come these to people come to work? <laughs> Your hands-on management is awful. Yeah. And then, you know, no, no, her, her. So apparently whoever's in charge of this whole operation is a woman, which is great. I'm looking forward to Karen Q making her debut for NXT and everyone being like, who the hell is this woman? And I'm yeah, sure it'll know. be fun. So cool. Uh, just the segment was a miss. It was not something I liked. Uh, what'd you like about NXT? Uh, EO Ripley was great, obviously. Uh, like such a good match, and just ever like three fantastic women's matches. Like they dominated yeah. the program, and they were the best thing on it. 
Like it's just, a, it, it, I watched it right after AEW and it was just a very stark contrast. Um, and Leon Ruff, they're taking yes. it in a direction I did not expect. Uh, uh, ah, bah! why can't all WWE be as good as this? <laughs> I like that Ruff is small and he knows it and he uses speed and he uses his agility to get past these things. He He's smarter than the two big guys. And Johnny Gargano being a big guy is not lost on me. The irony is not lost. But Johnny Gargano and, and uh, Damian Priest being the bigger guys in this whole thing, it's hilarious and it's right and Ruff just, yeah, he absolutely plays it properly. I'm excited for that. Yeah, nobody's joke. It's great. No, exactly. I And he just slapped him, slaps uh, Damian Priest and, and Regal's like, kind of deserved it. <laughs> Priest is like, okay, deserved it. <laughs> it's good. It was good. It's so good. Very happy. Yeah, that that the women all night had great matches. I mean, yeah. they were they were spotlit for most of the night. It was a great, great show for them. Um, I'm excited to see KO on on uh, on the show next week, doing mm-hmm. commentary, replacing Wade Barrett, and Finn Balor doesn't have a dance partner for Takeover yet for War Games. So maybe KO is uh, is coming to hang out for a little longer than one week. I guess we'll find out. That'd the entire cool. overrun was good on NXT. If you saw it from the moment that women's match ended to the moment they went off the air, it was just bang, bang, bang. They had they had every duck in a row. They were playing the Balor announcement close to the chest and they still didn't do anything with Balor. But they brought him out and they said, hey, he's not dead. He looks a little deformed. <laughs> looked a little okay. bedraggled, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not weekend at Bernie's. We're not going to take him out and just be like, hey, we're okay here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was good. And uh, looking forward to War Games on December the 6th. We're going to have the women have their match. The men are going to have their match. They announced both of them. Go over to NXT's website and take a look at Twitter, whatever the hell. Um, speaking of Twitter, whatever the hell, should we talk about SmackDown or should we just move along? Let's just move along. We'll have Fine. to talk about SmackDown next week anyway. Maybe we'll I talk about we'll SmackDown on. very briefly in our PW Unlimited predictions for Survivor Series. Hmm? That works for me. The only match that's announced is Murphy versus Rollins. Woo. And Biggie makes the uh, the team. So uh, there goes that. Woo. Okay. Tim, where can the kids find you online? The kids can find me at Tim Stone P. T-I-M-B-S-T-O-N-E-P. The P stands for Peregrine. Like a falcon? Mm-hmm. Majestic nice. bird. I like that. Word of the day, kids. Word of the day. And you can find me on all forms of social media at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. You can find us everywhere at Tim and Joel Pod. You can also go to timandjoelpod.com. You can find us on YouTube. Please toss a like on the video. Subscribe to us. Leave a comment because, hey, you know what? We're all here to get our ears and your ears and your friends' ears talking about wrestling. So let's do it together. That's how we do it. And that's how we end it for now. We'll see you next week and enjoy your wrestling.